0: Hello everyone, welcome and welcome back to my channel, I'm in. and happy Chinese New Year. was going to save this case for this Chinese New Year release, but was busy and lazy, only started to script and film during this spring festival. Anyway, have you ever seen a human skin vest? A destitute homeless man wore a vest made of human skin? with a tragic backstory of nine young women who were brutally killed. In 2005, during the Chinese New Year period, in a park in Xi'an city, a middle aged pedestrian saw a strange homeless man. He was all dirty and smelly, but he was wearing a clean and shiny leather vest on his upper body. Even a homeless man cares about fashion wearing new clothes for the New Year, huh? The pedestrian numbled, curious about where the vest came from. So this boring nosy guy took a closer look to the vest. This yellow vest was neatly cut and the leather was soft and delicate, clearly a high-end item. Could it be that the homeless man stole it from somewhere? The biased and discriminate man immediately called the police. Soon the police arrived at the scene. A seasoned detective, upon seeing the vest, was instantly horrified, his legs almost giving rise beneath him. Years of criminal investigation experience told him that this was no ordinary leather vest. It was a human skin vest. Subsequently, the police took the vest for examination. After forensic analysis, it was confirmed that The vest was indeed made of human skin, sourced from several young women. The depravity of the case was beyond imagination, and all of these traces back to an incident 12 years ago. In June 1993, not long after being released from the prison, Yin Xiaomin decided to embark on a money-making venture of his own. Step one of the money-making plan is to bring people in with him. So he reached out to his childhood friend, Cao Ying. After a brief exchange, the two friends settled on their utmost money-making scheme, which was robbery. Yes, you heard that right. This duo's money making method was indeed quite outrageous. Subsequently, Yin Xiaomin confidently strolled near the Xi'an railway station and found a beauty salon. And just a heads up prostitution is illegal in China, so in the past, these sex workers would use massage parlors or beauty salons as a front for engaging in sexual transactions. And I but that they even do so nowadays in these remote cities or areas in China anyway, that's illegal. Therefore, the salon workers mentioned in our story today were actually sex workers. So back to the story. Posting as a big shot, Yin Xiaomin actively approached the attractive girls in the salon. In a domineering tone, he said, I need some special services, the kind that comes to my doorstep, of course, money is not a problem. And just like that, he successfully lured a girl to his residence. As soon as she entered, Inxiamin quickly locked the door. Cao Ying, who had been waiting inside, immediately sprang into action. Sensing that something was seriously not right, the girl instinctively tried to escape. However, Yin Xiaomin wasn't about to let her off so easily. He proactively suggested, "Don't you worry, I will give you extra money." He was very good at manipulating people's feelings. When the girl heard about the promise of, you know, giving more money, she instantly lost her temper. After all, she had come all this way; she couldn't leave empty-handed, right? Even it's for two men. Oh well, it's like trying to jungle two bowling balls when you are just getting the hang of one. A regular woman's strength wastes two regular dudes. Tough match, isn't it? Might as well just let it be and take the money home. However, after everything was done, Yixiang Xiaomin simply turned hostile. Not only did he refuse to pay, but he also forcefully pushed the girl to the floor, stripped her of her clothes, and proceeded to search her thoroughly. But the next moment, he was utterly dumbfounded. The carefully selected target turned out to be the most beautiful and stylish girl in the shop. One, would think she wouldn't be short of money, right? Yet after Inxiaomin and his accomplice thoroughly searched her, they found only 20 yuan. After all, his efforts, engaging in criminal activities that could land him back in jail, all he got was twenty fucking Chinese yuan. This amount wouldn't even cover the cost of the next meals for them both. Enraged, Yin Xiaomin and Cao Ying, ignoring the girl's pleas, forcefully violated her. But that's not even the end of it. Yin Xiaomin wouldn't let her leave alive after what they had done to her. He took the knife and killed her, then dismembered her. His plan was that after they took her apart, they could then bury her to this secluded forest, right? But the process of taking her apart took much longer and harder than In would have expected. They needed at least 20 hours to dismember, back the pieces and finally dig a hole somewhere to ditch it in. That's way too tiring even for them, you know, two grown-up men to finish within a day. So, as I said, Inxiamin was in prison for quite a while, right? He was indeed gaining some knowledge from this particular experience, as he knew from an inmate that there was this body dissolving fluid is supposed to dissolve the body parts into liquid and make them disappear like magic. Therefore, Inxiamin decided to get some of this body dissolving fluid and Do some experiments by committing another crime as they just buried their first victim. It's tiring for them to dig her all the way out and pour the magic on her, right? Yixian was the kind of person who got things done. No beating around the bush. He headed straight to the sulfuric acid factory and bought two big barrels of concentrated sulfuric acid. Yep, the recipe for making this body dissolving fluid was using concentrated sulfuric acid. But having just this body dissolving fluid was enough for In Xiaomin. He thought the team was way too small. If they ran into any unexpected situations. He and Cao Ying alone might not be able to handle it, So he decided to bring in his former prison buddy, Shaonan. Nan. Shao Nan was nine years younger than Yin Xiaomin, also a local from Xi'an city. The crucial point was, just like Yin Xiaomin, he was recently out of the prison. They were both the kind of people with no money, no job, just drifting around in society. One winter day, Yin Xiaomin reached out to Shaonan. Nan. He bragged about having a foolproof method for committing murder without leaving any chases and suggested they try it out together as an experiment. Xiao Nan, upon hearing this, immediately got interested. Later that night, the two of them were at a street corner in Xi'an city looking for a target. They successfully brought a girl they found in front of a beauty salon back to In Xiaoming's place for the night. Right after that was like it with the first victim, raped and killed. But this time, they didn't dismember the body right away instead. They brought it up to the table in In Xiaomin's place, which he prepared specifically for body management. They chopped the body into pieces on that table and started to toss a piece of them into the sulfuric. They witnessed as the body part underwent a violent reaction within the exit. Before long, the body part disappeared, leaving only some relatively hard bones. Seeing this result, Xiaoming was excited and exclaimed in joy. A few days later, using the same method, Inxiaomin checked another girl into coming to his place. When she arrived, he skillfully snatched her wallet. Then, while joking with Shao Nan, he strangled the girl to death. Following that, Izamin took out his sulfuric exit barrow, suggesting for Shao Nan to carry out the next steps. Xiao Nan wasn't completely clueless. He knew the rules of joining the team, to become a member, you have to make some contribution first, right? As trust is like a tiny team, only those in sync can truly rely on each other. So he didn't hesitate long before he tossed the third weapon of them into the exit barrel. Shu was like a mermaid returning to the sea once again, sizzling away into bubbles. Unlike the fairy tales, the chunks of flesh melting in the exit produced a foul stench that filled the entire space. With the help of Shaolin, Xiao Ming found the job much easier. In order to make more money, he enthusiastically pulled in Cao Ying and Shaolin to commit several robbery and murder cases. However, just when he was enjoying the thrill of it all, his teammates suddenly backed out. Maybe it's because the crimes were too brutal or perhaps the fear of getting caught kicked in. After a few drops, Shauna started getting cold feet. In the end, he outright quit. Yixiang was extremely disdainful of this and couldn't help but roll his eyes. Man, who were timid like that, what great things could they achieve? Fortunately, another body he met while in prison, Hu Long, was also released. Yin Xiaomin promptly invited Hu Yuelong to join his team with Cao Ying. Hu Yuelong was a guy with royal guts and a domineering style. He directly followed a hostess from a nightclub and in a narrow alley, bound her and brought her back to Yin Xiaomin's place. After the three wanted their desires one by one, they used this body-deserving fluid to erase all traces of the crime. The level of cruelty is shocking. Cause imagine, got out of a pub late at night and party ways with friends in the dark. Though it was a few steps out of the alley, you'd be home, but you got knocked out and abducted into hell right before you could be safely home. Hearing this, well, don't you feel goosebumps all over? In fact, the terrifying part is far from over. Injiamin had already had too many victims then he developed a keen interest in human anatomy and dissection, studying buying books on medical anatomy. So he continued killing his victims and enjoying the tortures while studying really hard with the human structures and his books. That's really ironic. Between 1995 and 1996, just one year, they managed to kill four nightclub hostages which presumably were mostly sex workers. Without exception, these victims all became samples for Inxiamen's understanding of human anatomy and dissections of course. Gradually, he became familiar with the tissue structure of the human body. His dissection skills also became more and more proficient. From the first time, which had taken over 20 hours, to now it only took nine hours for him to dismember the bodies. Yin was skilled not only in dissecting bodies but also in peeling off human skins with his bare hands. He loved and enjoyed the feeling of blood and flesh rushing through his fingertips. Peeling off human skin could be as easy as peeling off the skin of a ripe peach for him. This move in the entire twisted world could still be an explosively shocking existence, isn't it? At the same time, as the leader of the team, Inxiaomi was no longer satisfied with robbing hair salon and nightclub girls because even though they dressed up nicely, they usually didn't have much money on them. He figured they all worked hard for the job, but the loot wasn't enough to go around. In Xiamin spotted a new target group with his clever eyes. And God knows where the heck he got the inspiration back in the 90s in China. In mid-1997, he proposed the idea of opening a detective agency and their business, collecting evidence of extramarital affairs and affairs for married women. In In Xiamin's will, married women usually carried more cash and valuable jewelry. Investigating a husband's affair was something done privately. Moreover, husbands who cheated were already tired of their wives. So you know what that means. Even if these women disappeared, they wouldn't immediately notice. Starting from 2000, Xiaoming placed as in various media outlets in Xi'an city, waiting for customers to take the bait. The three members of them had clear roles. Cao Ying used an alias and played the role of a consultant. In Xiaomin handled Michelin's tasks, making business cards and small ads for promotion. Hu Yuelong was responsible for distributing business cards and single-page ad flyers to attract customers, before long the first customer. Took the bait. Mrs. Wu worked at a financial institution with the first married woman they managed to deceive successfully. In March 2003, she saw an advertisement in this local newspaper. Consultant Zhao, an expert with six years of experience, possesses a particular expertise in the investigation of marital matters. Thinking about how her husband had become increasingly distant, Mrs Wood immediately made the call. Not only that, she put 3,000 Chinese Yuan as investigation funds up front. Early in December 2004, consultant Zhao contacted Mrs. Wood to inform her about her husband's affair and requested the remaining fee to be paid at a residential area in Xi'an City. When Mrs. Wood got there, in tied it up with a wire right away. They took 5,000 Chinese yuan and a debit card from Mrs. Wood's bag that made her disclose the password. Later, Lin Xiaomin and Cao Ying went out to withdraw money from her bank account. Thinking about the amount of cash that was about to come, Lin Xiaomin's mouth twisted into a grin. At this moment, he had no idea that a huge crisis was about to hit. Hu Yuelong, who was home alone keeping watch, almost got himself into big trouble. Facing a life-threatening situation, Mrs. Wu thought quickly, and used her intelligence. She played the emotional card with Hu Yulong, who was guarding her. Please let me go. My husband is having an affair and my older brother recently committed suicide by jumping off a building. I'm just an unfortunate person. Please spare me. I have reported it to the police. Hu Yulong was a tough guy. But when he heard the words jumping over the building, he suddenly broke down. Because his only son had just literally used that way to finish his own life. His emotions overtook him, causing Hu Yolong to quickly release Mrs Wu. He also gave back this 5,000 yuan he had just taken from Mrs Wu. Mrs Wu quickly waved her hands, didn't take the money Instead, she was nodding in understanding. I don't want the money, it's just very nice of you to let me go. You are such an unfortunate soul yourself. Keep the money, let a skill, and it will help you make a living in the future, I hope. This move truly touched Hu Yuelong. As a result, he personally escorted Mrs Wu Downstairs and considerably held a taxi for her. When In Xiaomi returned home, he was furious because what they had committed was a major fucking crime that could land them all in serious trouble. And his buddy just let the woman go. If exposed, their life would be over. However, Mrs. Wu didn't it to the police as she had promised. Instead. She had a group of people, including her deceased older brother, come and beat up Yin Xiaomin and the others, severely. Yes, you heard that right. Mrs Wu's older brother did not actually pass away. All of this was just a lie she made up on the spot to save her own life. Seeing this, you might think that Yin Xiaomin and his companions, who narrowly escaped, will stop there. Nope. These three dudes committed another major crime in the same month. On the last day of December, they struck again. They deceived a lady named Hu, took her to a rental house, robbed her of her two mobile phones, a pager, and five debit cards. Having used the cards at the ATM machines, successfully withdrawing 3,500 Chinese yuan in cash. Meanwhile, Yin Xiaomin and Hu Yelong, who stayed at home, violated and killed this unfortunate woman. On the 17th of February 2005, they brought back yet another woman, Miss Wang. They searched and got her mobile phone, debit cards and other valuables. in Xiaomin and Hu Long, like with their previous victim, violated and tortured Miss Wang while Cao Ying was out to withdraw the money. But Cao Yin quickly realized that the password given by the lady was incorrect, and you'd expect the worst of them when they tortured to squeeze out the real passwords from Miss Wang. When they got what they wanted, Yin Xiaomin strangled her to death. Then it's Yin Xiaomin's favorite part of dealing with the body, right? He enjoyed his moment of dismembering the body and skinned his victim before he flushed down the unwanted yet teeny tiny bits of the body tissue down the toilet. That night, Cao Ying made six transactions withdrawing a total of 10,000 Chinese Yuan in cash from Ms Wang's bank account. After getting their hands on the loot, they split evenly among the three of them. In the morning of the following day, Ying Xiaomin drove to dispose the bigger chunks of the body parts. Like I said, Yin Xiangmin had skinned his victims, right? He got rid of the body parts, though he saved his human skin pieces. Therefore, you know, he carefully stitched them into vests, lanterns, seat cushions, and pillows. These crafts were created for personal enjoyment and amusements, so they are really well made. As time passed, these rafts gradually emitted a foul odor, perhaps emboldened by the lack of discovery in their numerous crimes. Xia means a dusty grill. He casually tossed these crafts into trash bins that were situated in parks. However, if you play with fire, you are going to get burned. The discarded human skin vest was picked up by a homeless man and won out to the street. And as how the story at the beginning of the video unfolded as the case unfolded further the crimes of yin Xiaomin and others are about to be exposed after the incident remember how a random pedestrian reported the homeless guy with a suspicious shiny vest to the police the police conducted a thorough a meticulous search in the park where it happened. They dug out a large quantity of human flesh and a flower bed through forensic reconstructions. These body parts were bound to be incomplete, representing only about a quarter of an adult body. The remains show traces of sulfuric acid, suggesting that the missing parts might have been corroded by the exit. Without a complete body, it was challenging to confirm the identity of these deceased. However, forensic experts found some bones among the existing remains and through bone density analysis, they could estimate the information about this particular deceased could be a woman around 45 years old. Subsequently, The police conducted investigations among the recent reported missing persons. Soon, a woman with the surname Wang caught their attention. On the morning of the 23rd of February 2005, Ms Wang's husband reported to the police that his wife had been missing for nearly a week. They had recently had an argument and she left home angry. He thought she would calm down and return home eventually, so he didn't think much about it then. But when days went by and no word from her, he finally started to get concerned. He started to call her. Her phone wasn't the completely off or out of service kind. It was the unsettling waiting for someone to answer beep, beep sound. Realizing something was amiss, the husband promptly reported it to the police. Everything matched from the age to the time of disappearance. The police immediately collected biological samples from Ms. Wang's parents and compared them with the remains. The results confirmed the police's um, suspicion. What initially seemed like a missing person case turned into a horrifying murder and dismemberment case. During the investigation, the police found six withdrawals from Miss Wang's bank account in one day, which was very unusual. The civilian footage from the bank revealed that the person withdrawing the money was a guy. However, this single clue was not enough, as you could expect that the CCTV back then wasn't that clear as now it is today. Fortunately, through GPS checking of Miss Wang's phone, the police successfully pinpointed a man named Hu also known as the old fox. He was originally from Shanghai and had been living in a residential area in Xi'an city. Not only for his past thefts, he was an experienced criminal. On the 9th of March at 11pm, the cops lawfully summoned Hu Yuelong. After further questioning, he spilled beans about how he teamed up with two other unemployed guys Yin Xiaomin and Cao Ying to rob and murder Miss Wang. At 4.30 a.m. on the 11th of March, the police napped Yin Xiaomin at a election centre in Xi'an. On the 13th of March, around 4 p.m., Cao Ying, who had tried to make a run for it, was captured and brought in as well. Meanwhile, another batch of cops in Yin Xiaomin's rental place discovered a wealth of evidence. They found Miss Wang's missing phone in the rental flat and stumbled upon numerous books covering medicine and philosophy. Moreover, there were plenty of explicit and scandalous photos of Yin Xiaoming with nightclub hostesses. What's even scarier is that in his rental place, there were craft items made from human skin like vests, lanterns and cushions. You know, the good one, not yet smelly. Seeing these crafts, the on-site officers were downright freaked out. Later, the police sprayed luminescent ammonia reagent throughout these rental place. Regardless of how clean the killer washed away the blood, once you sprayed the stuff and turned off the light, the blood stains became visible, right? As the reagent took effect, a large, strong character, which means pleasurable written in blood suddenly appeared on the bathroom wall in In Xiaoming's room. It can be said that In Xiaoming's actions have long surpassed any human decency. He thoroughly enjoyed the thrill of dismembering bodies during the crimes. So how did he even end up like this? Yin Xiaomin was born in 1962 in Xi'an city, Shaanxi Province, China. He was never the academic type from a young age. Instead of hitting the books, he was already running with the wrong crowd, getting involved with the local troublemakers. Over time, he picked up all their bad habits like petty theft, deceit, and scams. In 1989, Yin Xiaomin and Cao Ying were caught stealing from a resident's home in Xi'an city. A neighbor spotted them and caught the cops. Fortunately, the police were patrolling nearby and quickly arrived. Cao Ying managed to escape without being seen, but Ying Xiaomi, in his gateway, ran right into the approaching police. Eventually, he got a two-year sentence for theft. After serving his time, in Xiaoming tried to make an honest living. Together with Cao Ying, they set up a street stall and tried their hand at selling barbecues, hoping to achieve their dreams of wealth through hard work. Dreams were grand, but reality was harsh. Accustomed to their thieving ways, they couldn't handle the hardships of everyday life. With an inconsistent work ethic, and a lack of business experience. Their several attempts at entrepreneurship all ended in failure. But Yin was not one to introspect. He believed that if he couldn't make money, it was society's injustice. Gradually, the idea of robbing women, like those working in a hair salon and nightclubs, crept into his mind. Yin wondered, why he was working so hard when others in these professions were able to make a living easily. This injustice fueled his anger, leading to a series of gruesome and shocking crimes. Perhaps sensing the end of their lives was approaching, the three quickly confessed to their crimes. According to their confessions, from 1993 to the time of their capture, they had murdered a total of 13 women and one man. Between 1993 and 1994, they targeted seven women working in special services at hair salons. Then, in just a year, from 1995 to 1996, they killed four nightclub hostesses, unfortunately, in 13 cases of murdered women. Four incidents were so old that these victims could not be identified. Back in the early 90s, with the country's economy on the upswing, many folks from rural areas flocked to the big cities for work. Most of them lacked education and formal qualifications, so they found themselves doing manual labour jobs like dishwashing or factory work. Among them were also young girls from remote, mountainous regions or impoverished villages. In pursuit of higher income, they ended up taking a detour. Hiding and living in the dark corners of the city, their families back in the hometown had no clue about the kind of work they were involved in. The nature of their profession made it difficult for them to open up. They deliberately concealed their identities using fake names. Due to various factors, even if these girls were murdered, nobody knew their real names or where they truly came from. What's even sadder is that their families had no idea if they were victims or not. After all, in the 90s, the internet was not as advanced as it is today. As for the only male victim, in the summer of 1998, In Xiamin met a man named Song who had just been released from prison. As the boss of the gang, he initially thought about recruiting Song and expanding the team. Little did he know, Song was just a flashy guy with little substance. The moment Song heard about what Yin Xiaomin was up to, he got scared out of his wits. Worried that Song might have shaky nerves and spilt beans, Yin Xiaomin decided to take preemptive action. You know, they lured him somehow in October the same year killed and dismembered before dissolving him into the exit barrels, And that the fetch was unsolvable and tossed him into the storage. In the end, after the police did their math, they confirmed that the trio had robbed and dismembered nine women and one man over a span of 12 years. Yin Xiaomin, in his twisted mind, believed that his gruesome acts of murder dismemberment and using body-disserving liquid could keep him scot-free. Little did he realize that the human skin vest he crafted for his purpose's satisfaction would bring him under the scrutiny of law enforcement. What a wisdom then was the long arm of the law. On the 29th of November, Xi'an Intermediate People's Court delivered the first instance verdict. In Xiaomin, Cao Ying and Hu Long were given the death penalty for committing robbery and murder. They were also deprived of their political rights for life and fined. On the 13th of April 2006, the High People's Court of Shanxi province determined that in Xiaomin, Cao Ying and Hu Yuelong, had used deceitful actions to lure women, then brutally killed the and robbed them. This was considered intentional homicide and robbery. Due to the particularly cruel methods and extremely heinous circumstances, they deserved severe punishment according to the law. The court ratified the decision of Xi'an Intermediate People's Court so on the 27th of April 2006 at 8.30 a.m. Armed court police from Xi'an Intermediate People's Court rushed to Xi'an Detention Center. In Xiaomin, Cao Ying, and Hu Yuelong, the three death row inmates, signed the death penalty interrogation records. After confirming their identities, the three were escorted to the execution ground and executed by firing squad. And so it's the end of our story for today. Thanks for watching, and I will see you in my next video. Bye.